Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Well, again, Jim Paulson with the Star Tribune and my colleague David Levesque for another episode of Talking Preps 2021 postseason edition. Um, got a lot to talk about as we're getting into uh, kind of a condensed postseason where things are going to get really crazy for a while, for a few weeks here. State tournament after state tournament in some cases overlapping, which never has happened in years past. Um, sorry to do this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a letdown from David's intro last week with uh, the Beastie Boys reference. Um, I think I'm a little bit more, uh, a little bit before that time, I would have, if I could have, I would have thought of something, maybe clash or replacements um, uh, related, but that would mean I'd be more creative than I am. David, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. I, I, I could work with left of the dial. That would be good. <laughs> so anyway, so we got a lot going on. Last week we had the, the ski, uh, Alpine and Nordic ski meets are done. Uh, so one down. Also the dance team um, competition is done. So, you know, things are starting to close out here. Um, we got big name things coming up this week. We've got uh, state wrestling tournament individual sections happening this week. We got swimming state tournament this week. But the big thing that's really kicking off is the playoffs for hockey. I mean, that is the big dog in uh, Minnesota winter high school sports. I'll let you delve into what's going on in the world of high school hockey. What you're anticipating this week and next and and what to look out for. Yeah, we have started. Uh, We're recording this Wednesday morning. We started with the uh, pigtail or play-in games that – that some of those occurred on Tuesday. And we've also unfortunately lost, gosh, we're probably about a dozen now, uh, mostly on the boys' side, but at least one girls' team I know that um, due to something related to COVID, uh, positive test, perhaps exposure, they are out. They are out of the postseason. We, not quite as, as uh, widespread as football became in the fall, but certainly something to keep an eye on as we move forward. And, and I, and I, I wonder if uh, if you'll we'll start to see the same in basketball. I I, I do think that it, this is going to be another obstacle to this whole postseason. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, the thing that has come up the past couple of weeks that I've noticed are a number of teams that are out of the uh, quote unquote abundance of caution reasoning, taking time off or or kind of went on a pause or a hiatus near the end of the regular season in order to make sure that that doesn't happen and their season prematurely. Um, that's, that's become a common thing. Not everyone's doing it, but a number of teams have. And I, and I, uh, I, I've seen that in basketball and you've seen that in hockey too. Made me wonder if it's something that the high school league could have never really anticipated, but when they set up the schedule, it would have been nice to uh, incorporate a, uh, a, an untouchable week, of, a week of non-play after the end of every regular season before the section playoffs, just so that teams can get this, uh, somewhat under control, you know. You couldn't have anticipated that this team's doing that, but I, I think uh, moving forward, if they have any issues, that might be something they should think about for any. Right, sport. because they ultimately did the opposite. They said at the end of the regular season, we will cram a few more games in there. And yeah. to your point, maybe it would be better to go the other way and, and leave a buffer. Exactly, you know, and uh, and a lot of those three those weeks where they're going three games instead of two were. Um, weeks where teams were traveling outside of their normal competitive area, which was a priority for the high school league. So you're absolutely right. They, they, it's one the, they should have went the hundred uh, percent the other way, but that's hindsight. 
Um, looking at hockey, you know, who are some of the teams that you're talking about that are done for the season prematurely? Um, probably the biggest name is Duluth East. Uh, they're always a team that, that generally wins one game. They go one game further into the postseason than you would have given them credit for. Uh, they were sub 500, but you know, Mike Randolph always has them playing well. And, uh, I, I wouldn't have wanted to tangle with them in a one game elimination. So that's probably the biggest name. And after that, you've got, uh, Apple Valley, uh, river lakes, Rochester Mayo had a nice record. I think they were like 12 and four and they're out. Um, so none of the top seeds in a given section yet, but, but certainly, uh, some teams that, that could, you know, find a way to, to make it, make some noise. You know, I was looking at last night's results. Um, most of them were playing games. Uh, anything really stand out to you in last night's uh, uh, games, or the fact that they're playing games? Do you think it's basically in a lot of ways teams? This is their one chance to uh, make a name for themselves and get a, a playoff victory, knowing that they end up taking uh, teams that win the playing games end up taking a lower seed and get a difficult opponent next round. Is there anything that stood out last night? I didn't pay attention to any pigtail games, but I, I will say last night, Creighton Durham Hall girls played Blake and uh, Blake won one to nothing, um, which, which, uh, you know, that that's, I think that's more indicative of what we'll see in the playoffs is tight games. And um, the other thing that I'm, I'm having a little trouble wrapping my head around, and I, I think you probably have the same challenge in basketball. And that is, we didn't have an abundance of non-conference games this year. Um, we didn't even want Metro conferences, you know, mixing it up um, by and large. And so, for example, boys hockey, Creighton Durham Hall boys is the number one seed in uh, section four. And I, they've, I think they're 17 and one. And I don't, they haven't really played anybody of consequence. And so, you know, how good are they? And, and what, you know, compared to in section six, they've got uh, YZ and you know, YZ in the late conference, they play they have certainly a more greedy schedule. And so what will that mean? Uh, how, how good is Maple Grove? You know, they were the number one team most of the year. Uh, Lakeville South went and beat them in a rare non-conference game. Uh, so, you know, Maple Grove otherwise was in a, a pretty top heavy uh, Northwest suburban conference. It was them and Andover and, and not a lot else as far as resistance. So how good is Maple Grove? I think that question keeps coming to mind uh, as, as we go through here, you know, what do we really have with some of these teams and, and, and what do we, who are we might be overlooking just a little bit because their record may not be impressive, but their schedule was, I think, like I said, I think that's more of a, more than just a hockey question. I think it's a, something you'll have to ask yourself come basketball time too. Do you have anybody in mind that you, you think you talked about Creighton? We don't know what they are. Is there anybody that you think can think of that may be a little underrated, um, but is, is lying in wait? Um, well, that's putting you on the spot right now, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just quickly going through the Rolodex <laughs> sections in my head. And, uh, you know, Prior Lake has, has earned a lot of respect. They're in section two. Eden Prairie's the favorite there. Um, you know, they're a team that is on the rise. Is this going to be the year where they, you know, seize that and, and maybe win a game that you didn't expect them to win? And, and maybe even somehow comes out as section champ. You know, will this be their time to emerge? Benilde St. Margaret's, uh, they're another team that, that dropped off quite a bit, but a, but a really good schedule. And so what's that going to mean for them in section six come playoff time, even though their record won't impress and there's and their seed and everything else. So those are, those are some teams. And then I, 
Although other than that, I feel like everyone's gotten their due. If you go down, you know, Lakeville South out of section one and Eden Prairie in, in two, St. Thomas Academy, uh, I think is the best of a, of a kind of a suspect section three. Now that said, St. Thomas Academy was a, an overtime goal away for, for playing for the championship last year. So, you know, we'll see what kind of push they make in the playoffs. Um, Hill Murray in four, they're not scoring very many goals, although they did put seven on St. Thomas the other day. But defensively, they're so good. They just really they always are. Down. Yeah. Section five, we mentioned Maple Grove. Uh, six, uh, we mentioned Wyzetta, Creighton, Benilde. Seven, uh, I really like Grand Rapids. I really like Grand Rapids. And, and uh, them and Andover, uh, that, that could make for a tremendous section final if that's the way it plays out. And then section eight, you know, you, you're kind of the broken record as you figure it's Roseau Moorhead. And, and then, you know, somebody sees, we'll see if somebody jumps up and steps up, but, uh, but that's, that's probably, uh, that's, that's how I see that section one, or excuse me, uh, class one, a Montemidi defending champions. They may not even get out of their section. They got Gentry Academy in there. That's that third year private school from Badness Heights. That's kind of got people's eyebrows raised. They're not quite sure what to make of this new animal walking among the herd. They've been mm-hmm. blitzing people pretty good. So we'll see if Matamita even gets out of their section. Yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 it is one of the years that you're going into it with less knowledge than you normally have had. I mean, not that you didn't, aren't knowledgeable, but you don't have a whole body of work to really look at and see, you know, who is better than whom. Well, I yeah, mean, fewer games overall. They were lighting it up all year long. You know, yeah. how, and, but then they got beat by Lakeville South, and they had a really strong opponent. Was that a one-game anomaly, or were they coming back to earth? Was it, were they exposed a little bit? That's the question you have to wonder about uh, a team like that. Um, and But then again, a lot of the, the, the same old, same olds are out there. You know, the St. Thomas and Hill Murrays and those programs are Eden Prairies are expected to be there again, and, and – uh, and that's because you've got solid, solid programs, solid coaching, and a lot of talent. And so a lot of the same names I expect will be there. I don't think that loss exposes Maple Grove as much as it exposes the unintended consequences of, of keeping conferences isolated. Um, you know, you're not seeing as many good teams. You know, hockey isn't like football. Football is a little bit more careful with their schedule because they only have so many games and it, every game can affect seedings. Uh, they're maybe not as, as risky and, and they don't have the uh, margin for error that hockey or basketball would with multi, more, so many more games. And so with hockey, you see everyone playing everybody normally. And we didn't have that this year other than a few isolated cases like Maple Grove, Lakeville South. So I, I, I think Maple Grove, Lakeville South could have gone the other way the following night. I mean, I don't think Maple Grove, uh, like I said, I don't think they were exposed. It's just this is the, the calamity of, of keeping these, these good teams apart from each other. Now it'll have to find out at the end of the year who's who. No, I've long called the holiday tournaments kind of the silly season when you play these great games, these matchups that mean absolutely nothing. Um, This is the time of year when those kind of miss out on those holiday tournament matchups, when teams would have gone up against each other and you'd have had something to gauge them by. Um, Most of the time I dismiss them as being meaningless. It would be nice to see who did who, what against whom. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think they're great. I think that, that maybe the title of, you know, Schwan champion doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. But I think the experience you gain by playing three good teams in three days, that's that's a state tournament type of a format. So I, I do think there's a lot of meaning. And, and yeah, that's part of what got lost. Um, we'll switch to girls hockey. Um, you know, everyone talks 
in terms in class two A, it's it's Edina and Andover, and it's everybody else. And uh, you know, it's it's not that simple. I, I don't think. I, I again, I think uh, you know, Edina played a really tough schedule in the lake. Uh, I think they're they, they've got a lot of good things to talk uh, to, to to feel good about. Uh, led, led by Emma Connor. Uh, great goal scorer for them, Uma Cornier and, and Nett, and, and a lot of people in between. Then you switch to Andover. Oh my God, have they been bulldozing people? <laughs> I think I think they just beat somebody last night, fifteen rip. Um, it, it's you know, again, the only thing you can say about them is I think they're savvy enough to know as defending champions that those scores are baloney. You know, because you're not going to win fifteen nothing where they're trying to go, and I think they know that and whether or not they'll be able to adjust in the game when they quote unquote, get punched in the mouth, as we like to hear about sports teams doing to each other, even when it doesn't literally happen uh, when they're up against adversity, when they get a strong pushback from a quality team, you know, will they be able to just be able to respond and keep playing at that high level? I think it's in a lot of sports. I think you've got this, this sort of this philosophical question here. Is it about being seasoned and maybe not having the best record or is it about, really putting up some big scoring differentials and winning games and feeling really good about yourself and having confidence, you know, which, which is, which is better to have in your back pocket come this time of year. I think that's the experiment that's going to, that's going to play out here. The thing about Andover, I've always been a long time believer in the schedule that you play makes a difference in postseason. Um, the thing about Andover is they are the defending state champs. So it's not like they don't, the most of those girls don't have some big game experience. And, you know, it's not like they just jumped up into the uh, consciousness this season. So uh, is that um, easy to draw upon? I think it, it may not be from the season standpoint, but it wasn't that long ago. And I'm sure everybody it's, it remembers their state championship year last year. So from Andover's standpoint, I think that uh, the fact that they're rolling and performing their best and doing what they need to do, I think that matters just as much as the schedule they play. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you look around who who could you know upset the apple cart here. I, I think Minnetonka is a really good team. Um, they've got a great goalie in Bryn Dulac, who's who's always going to put keep you in a game. Um, the say Margarets, they're a little bit younger, uh, but but I like what they've been doing this year. They 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 hung tough with Edina recently and ultimately lost, uh, but they could be, you know they could be good enough. Wyzetta's got some talented forwards. You know, if they get hot, you know, and you find yourself in a two to three goal hole. Maybe that's enough for Wyzetta to get through. So there's, there's, you know, those teams. And then out of the East, you know, we've kind of forgotten about Hill Murray a little bit because they had COVID. They, they didn't play a four game stretch there, but that's another good team. Stillwater is another good team. Only one of them can emerge from section four, uh, but they could have the, the stuff to, uh, to make some noise and way up there in section eight, Roseville's got a really good team um, with a lot coming back here and, and a lot of good goaltending. So those are all teams that, that are poised for an upset of, of this uh, anticipated clash of the Titans between Andover and Edina. You know, the team that I'm really curious about in girls hockey has been a team that was number one for uh, much of the season after I think they beat Breck in the, the, the season opener. And then they lost uh, late in the year to uh, Gentry Academy, and that was Chisago Lakes. Um, they're a team that has some pretty decent top-end talent. I don't know how deep they go, but um, – that's a team that I've been kind of rooting for because they're not a private school. They're not, uh, uh, they don't have kids coming in from uh, uh, you know, other high-end programs from different areas. They are pretty much mostly homegrown at Chisago Lakes. And I think they're 16 and two. Um, I'm kind of interested to see if, if their number one ranking all season long was justified 
or if they were a little bit overranked or overrated, uh, particularly after losing to Gentry Academy seven to one, I think it was earlier this week or um, earlier last week. So that, that's a, that's a program I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing where they go. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun. South St. Paul's got some things to, to, to point to as far as strengths. Of course, they're in the same section as Gentry. And so we'll see, uh, we'll see what, how this all plays out. But you know, the bottom line is we're, we've got most of our top teams, pretty much all of our top teams available at this point. So let's hope people keep, you know, doing the right things, limiting their friend circles. I know Andover boys, we, we wrote about it earlier this week, you know, they, their kids have, have stayed distance learning so far this year. And Andover is now back to in-person learning and coach uh, Mark Manny said, it's, it's the family and the kid's choice. But he said, I, I it wouldn't surprise me at all if all of our kids stayed in distance learning until the season was over, because <laughs> you know, again, they don't want to take a chance. Um, I had, you had had a quote from uh, Mark and they asked him to tighten up their circle of friends. Um, yeah. is, that, is that unfair? ask a kid to do that it's unfair to say hey don't be friends with that kid don't talk to that kid for a while until after our season is, is over you know if that's your if that's your best friend outside of the hockey season is it you know um kind of difficult to say you can't be friends with him or her at uh, or try to avoid them until the season's over right and that that presented a little bit of a of a dilemma for me and i wonder how kids are handling that i suppose people understand and they know that you've got a commitment you made to something and you don't want to blow that, but it just, it just seemed to me a little bit, uh, like that might be a difficult thing to do for some kids. Well, you FaceTime them, whatever, but you know, it, you, you were kind of making it, saying it in jest, but when you talk about sacrifice, you know, you mentioned commitment. I mean, some, sometimes this is where it comes into play. No different than the kid who might've missed some sort of social gathering because they had, you know, they had a, something in the morning that for their sport, for training mm -hmm. or, or a competition. And they, you know, I can't come out Friday night. I just, I got to be up Saturday morning, ready to rock and roll. So those are the sacrifices and, and the discipline that, that goes into this sometimes. And yeah, they're kids and, and we're not asking them to, to be, uh, you know, quasi professionals and, and so dedicated that it's to their detriment, but there are choices to be made. And that's, that's where that sacrifice and discipline comes in. You know, it's like what I always, uh, when I tell my, my kids, be careful when they go do something. What does be careful mean? And I, that's why I always try to define it for them. If you're driving in the snow, do these things. If this is happening, do that. It seems like I'm pontificating, but I always want to define what be careful or what commitment or what those things mean. We cannot, they, they seem kind of vague too often. Um, but I think you bring up a very good point. When you talk about commitment, this is what commitment really is. Um, and it's not forever. I mean, you, you'll have no. a chance catch up with a friend again in a couple yeah weeks. there'll be another there'll be another friday night yep um jack am i am i is it putting on too much of a spot to give me uh, any sort of forward-looking predictions for hockey i mean i just hope that the, the top teams stay playing other than if they get eliminated in the in you know by another team you know i don't i don't want covid you know covid's undefeated so far <laughs> i don't want to give any more i don't want to give any more victories yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you there. It is it is it's uh it is kind of um hairy at this point when you're wearing, making you get the postseason right in front of you. You don't want to do anything stupid that's going to uh, kind of jeopardize that. And you hope that all the kids are keeping uh, uh keeping that in mind as well. But um, I don't want to I don't want to be a, a a sissy here and and ignore your question. Uh, I'll take I'll take Andover to repeat. Um, 
I'll take in, in girls hockey, uh, and then in, uh, in, in single A girls hockey, uh, I think War Road finally figures it out. Figures it out, and and and, and brings it home. Um, they've been they've been uh, struggling, particularly with Breck, the last few years. And boys hockey, single A, uh, Hermantown probably finds a way um, to get it done because why would you vote against them? They they've been the power of, of that class for a long time, and and in double A. You know, let's let's keep it in the north. I, I told said before, I really like Grand Rapids, so I'm going to stick with them. They're going to find a way to do it. Hopefully, not at Eden Prairie's expense again, since they lost mm-hmm. the last two. But yeah, like, give me Grand Rapids and the boys double A. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for that, David. I'm. Mean, it's. Uh, I want to move on to one thing I want to talk about from basketball circles. Uh, a lot has been made. I wrote a story this week about the highlight reels that uh, a lot of the kids follow. That's what the kids follow these days. They don't follow the newspaper. They follow Overtime and Slam and Fresh Scope Soups and Bald is Life and all these other sites that give these breathlessly hyped videos about how many points someone's dropping on somebody else or what's going on with this spectacular dunk. In doing so, I talked to uh, Chet Holmgren, who has been a factor, a, a big centerpiece in a lot of those videos. And I talked to his father, Dave, and he was talking to me, he called me back specifically to talk to me about the gopher, the opening for the gopher basketball job. Well, I'm not going to opine on who it should be. He, he threw out a name out there that money, most people behind the scenes don't know about. And that's Larry Suggs, Jalen's dad. And most of the, Suggs is kind of the Pied Piper of the local uh, youth basketball scene. Kids follow him everywhere. He's a developer of talent. He, he knows the game very well. He's He's, he's kind of a, a behind-the-scenes power broker. I mean, he developed, obviously, Jalen. He, he, he's the driving force behind Chet Holmgren's all-around ability. Uh, Holmgren, his dad, Dave Holmgren, told me that other coaches all wanted to put him down on the low blocks and have him stay there like a big man. But he said that Larry told him, no, everybody has to develop guard skills when they're young, and that's made Chet far more desirable as a player. Um, and what I'm saying is, with the gopher basketball job, one thing that continues to come up are people saying you need to land local talent. You need to keep local talent at home. Everybody's got something they need to do, but they're not saying how to do it. Uh, it's like trying to build a house without having plans. And we, th- we'd like to have a roof. We'd like to have a house, but how do we do that? This, we want to keep kids at home. And I think the next Gopher basketball coach would do very, very well to make friends with and develop a very strong relationship with Larry Suggs. Um, maybe not make him the coach or even a coach, but have have Suggs be uh, a right-hand man because he'll have an awful lot of influence on where a lot of these top talents in the state of Minnesota go play college basketball. Richard Patino was in some ways dismissive and uh, didn't respect local talent until it was too late. The next coach that comes in, remember the name Larry Suggs. And as far as youth basketball goes, he has an awful lot of clout and say in where kids are going to go. It would be a, a, a good move for any coach to come in to look at Larry Suggs and, and make him a part of your inner circle. That's just my rant. That's just just my my point of view on this one with the go for basketball uh, job open and a lot of people speculating on what who's going to get it and when it's going to be filled. Well, I think that's about all we have for uh, now. We're, we've uh, kind of run our course. Dave, thanks for all the hockey talk. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to me opine on uh, one man's name for basketball. I appreciate you joining us next week. I think we'll be talking a lot more hockey as we're getting close to the section finals with the state tournament coming up two weeks away. Thanks for being with us.